It is a special Feedback Thursday show. We read and answer your comments and questions about goalie fights, more concerns about what's going on in net for the Kings. We'll also touch on potential targets for L.A. at the trade deadline and more memories of Dustin Brown. That and more on this edition of Locked on L.A. Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Just wanted to pass along uh, some news regarding this show. Uh, my wife had knee replacement surgery on her right knee a couple of weeks ago. And this week I've been being a wonderful husband, taking her to her doctor's appointments and her rehab appointments. And so that has caused me to have to record this show a little bit later on in the evening or night than I normally do. Um, I usually try and record this show around two or three o'clock, get it out to you before, you know, your drive. Uh, home if you're you know around five or six o'clock so what that's normally the plan anyway but uh, because of what's going on in my life uh, that has uh, thrown a little bit of a wrench into things so if you're wondering why the show has been recorded and released more around five six seven o'clock um, that's the reason why so it's uh, just temporary I know that people get into habits about when they like to download and listen to a show um, if this has somehow uh, disrupted how you view or listen to this show I apologize for that but uh, obviously, there are bigger things going on in my life right now. I have to try and squeeze uh, this show in as important as it is to me uh, when I have time. So hopefully, you'll be uh, understanding of that if it has messed with the way that you watch or listen to the show in any way. Again, it's only temporary. Once she uh, gets uh, up and around and can start driving on her own, then uh, we can go back to kind of the normal schedule, if you will. So again, apologies if that has uh, affected your uh, consumption of Locked on LA Kings uh, in any way. Uh, let's get into it. It is uh, another feedback show. We have one of these every week, usually on a Thursday or a Friday. Uh, if you're new to the show, um, you can email, you can uh, post your comments uh, on the YouTube episodes, uh, even on Twitter. Occasionally, I'll uh, get a comment from there as well. But it's a chance for you as an LA Kings fan to just let me know what's on your mind. Anything you want to talk about regarding the LA Kings, the floor is yours because I want to give you guys, as fans of the Kings, your chance to have your voice be heard. So, as usual, we will start with emails, and uh, our first email comes from John in Murrieta, and he wants to touch a touch on goalie fights, and he says, uh, Hey, Eddie, thanks for the great show every day. Much appreciated. I still don't understand why Phoenix Copley was a game or why the referees refused to let the two goalies fight. Can you offer any insight into this? Did the NHL pass some rule that forbids goalie fights that I missed? And if so, why? Also, do you remember the last time a Kings goalie got into a fight? I seem to remember Quick and Jimmy Howard of the Red Wings almost getting into a fight a few years back. Go, Kings, go. Again, that was John in Murrieta. Um, good questions, John. Um there is no rule to my knowledge that has been passed or anything emphasized um, 
told to the referees of the NHL to make it so that they don't allow goalie fights. Um, so there's no specific rule that prohibits them. Um, it does seem, though, like they're a lot quicker to jump in and keep goalies from fighting than they are uh, normal skaters, uh, it seems. Um, I'm not sure specifically why they decided to not let Phoenix Copley and John Gibson of the Ducks go at it when they were both clearly willing to do so, but no specific rule has been implemented um, as far as I know. Uh, as far as, um, you know, do I remember the last time a Kings goalie was in a fight? Uh, the answer is no. I mean, Jonathan Quick is obviously, has been throughout his career, pretty feisty guy around his own net. He's never been shy about you know, putting his glove or his blocker uh, into the face of an opponent or giving somebody a bit of a chop or a cross check if they come into the crease. But uh, I did go to a website called hockeyfights.com that's been around for quite a long time. And I think it's a pretty reliable site. And you can search um, fighting majors by the player's name. So I just to make sure I wasn't forgetting something, I typed in John the Quick's name and nothing came up. So as far as I know, he has not had a fighting major in his career. Uh, I do remember there was a playoff game between the Kings and the Blackhawks. And I remember that Jonathan Quick had gotten into it in his crease and he was skating over to the bench. I assume there was like a stoppage in play and he and Corey Crawford got into it. I think there was like a little bit of the clash of masks a little bit as they were having a conversation, but there were no punches thrown or anything like that. So I don't believe Jonathan Quick has ever had a fighting major. As far as the last time a Kings goalie got in a fight, I can't remember, like I said. Quick has been feisty in his net a few times, but like I said, um, according to uh, a brief internet search, he's never had a fighting major in his NHL career. Um, the last fight I saw uh, on that website between two goaltenders actually was last year, May of 2022, when it was um, Mark Crawford, then goaltender of the Edmonton Oilers, and Cam Talbot, then goaltender of the Calgary Flames got into a fight. That, that I believe, is the last fight, goalie fight, uh, in the NHL. I did see that Phoenix Copley uh, has gotten into a fight when he was in the AHL, and it was with another current NHL goaltender uh, when Copley was in the Washington Capitals organization playing for the Hershey Bears. He got into a fight with now St. Louis Blues goaltender Jordan Binnington. So, uh, as calm and cool as Phoenix Copley normally seems to be in net, apparently he's a guy who uh, is not afraid to to drop the gloves. And unfortunately, we did not see that happen against John Gibson and the Anaheim Ducks. I would like to have seen that, frankly. Uh, our next email comes from Bill. He's in Fountain Valley. He wants to talk about a potential trade for the Kings. He says, I've heard you and others talk about Jacob Chikrin and Vladislav Gavrikov as left-handed defensemen that the LA Kings might be interested in. What about Matthias Ekholm of the Predators? He is left-handed defense who has been a key piece for Nashville. He has a lot of playoff experience, unlike Chikrin and Gavrikov, and I think he could help the Kings and maybe not cost LA too much. Uh, thanks for the show. Go Kings, go. Uh, yeah, Bill, the Nashville Predators are a team that I would say as of a week ago or so, they weren't quite sure with the trade deadline coming up that they wanted to be buyers or sellers, they were kind of just close enough to a wild card spot where they thought maybe if we have a good week or so, maybe we could be looking to add, but they didn't have a good week and they lost head to head to Minnesota, the team that they're fighting for a wild card spot for. And so I think they're like seven points out of a wild card spot or something like that. I think they're, uh, I think they have come to the reality that it's time to start trading off pieces. And Matthias Ekholm is certainly one of those pieces 
Um, now he is still under contract for the next three years and he's making 6.25 million uh, annually. That's pretty pricey for a guy who's good, but not great. Um, so I think the contract uh, is probably the biggest hurdle in the Kings looking to acquire him. Now, if you've been paying attention to any of the other current uh, trades that have been going on, there have been uh, some three-team deals where you've had specific teams retaining salary of other players. That always could be a factor in a potential trade. Uh, Ekholm's 33 years old, and I, I did a brief search on the internet as to what the asking price may be for Matthias Ekholm of the Nashville Predators. And apparently it's two first round picks. So it's not far off the uh, off the asking price from Jacob Chikrin. Um, and he's he's better than Vladislav Gavrikov. Probably not as good as Jacob Chikrin and not as young, obviously. He's a good player. Um, but I think, like I said, unless the Kings could get somebody else to be involved in the deal to take on some of his salary, um, I don't think that that would be a match plus two first round picks for him. That's a little steep as well. Like I've said many times, other than Jacob Chikrin, uh, I think the, all the first round picks that are being asked for, for these, you know, good, not great defensemen that are available uh, is, is a bit steep for me, but apparently that's the asking price and we'll see how it goes, but nobody's really been a taker for any of these defensemen as of yet, but we're getting closer to the deadline about a week, ago, a week away. So things are going to start heating up here very quickly. Our next email comes from Ed in Temecula and he wanted to share some Dustin Brown memories and touch on another uh, few things as well. He said, when Dustin was named team captain, he was being interviewed by Bob Miller, and Miller brought up how happy he was for Dustin being shown the honor of being the captain. Brown was asked what he would like to do for the Kings in his leadership role, and Dustin said when he first joined the Kings and was a new player, the young guys kind of were in awe of the veterans, and he wanted to learn from them. However, he said he was kind of taken aback because there was some hazing stuff that was going on with him. He said it made it difficult, and his first few months, he said, were not very comfortable as an L.A. King, uh, Brown said he wanted to create an atmosphere of togetherness and try to help young players feel more comfortable and help them to learn quicker. Quicker. Uh, Ed continued, he said, I never forgot this, um, and I was impressed with him and proud of him. Felt sad that he had suffered. Um, he also said, uh, touching on another subject, I think you set a good precedent for your format with the other three locked-on hosts, talking about the uh, Pacific Division roundtable we had with the hosts of locked-on Golden Knights, Locked on Kraken, Locked on Oilers, and of course me, Locked on Kings. He says, um, your production looked so good uh, as, though it, as though it was well rehearsed. Uh, and he says, final thought, when I first heard the talk about the potential trade sending Brant Clark to Arizona, I was shocked. Then I became angry to think that they would trade such an exceptional young player. I couldn't believe it. Actually, two players with the skill, rep, and potential of the Coyotes defenseman, talking about Jacob Chikrin, would not be worth giving away Clark. I've told you previously, Clark is, Clark is going to be a Hall of Fame potential player in the mold of a Drew Doughty. So a lot to chew on there, uh, Ed. Um, first off, as far as the Dustin Brown and the way he was kind of treated when he first joined the Kings, I've heard those stories before. Uh, in particular, Sean Avery, who is the only LA Kings player I've ever hated. Now there's been players that I haven't liked. There's been players that I don't think were very good on the LA Kings, but it was never personal. I never like hated a person that played for the Kings, except for Sean Avery. I really actually hated that guy. Uh, and if you know anything about Sean Avery, I would not be surprised if those stories were true that he um, gave uh, Dustin Brown a hard time when Dustin Brown joined the Kings. Remember, he was an 18-year-old kid when he joined the Kings. He had a bit of a lisp. Uh, and I, and I, from what I understand, if the stories are true, Sean Avery made fun of him over that. He also had some not kind comments about Brown's girlfriend, now wife. 
Um, and yeah, so that's something that Dustin Brown went through. And so that's very cool that, uh, and I didn't see that interview that you're referring to, but that he made it a point to say now that he's captain stuff like that's not gonna, not gonna fly. Uh, and look, we're, you know, if you're a guy and you're watching this guys do guy things, bust balls, you know, make fun of each other, but there's obviously a line and there's obviously where it, where it goes beyond something that's just making fun of someone in a in a fun way where you're being mean spirited and cruel. And it, it sounded like Dustin Brown, unfortunately went through some of that in his early years with the Kings. And uh, fortunately that was, I mean, it's part of what molded him to being a great captain and a great, in my opinion, the greatest LA King of all time. And, and fortunately it seems like in sports, a lot of that hazing stuff is kind of really going away. Um, and I think that's good to see, frankly, because it's kind of stupid. Um, what else did Ed touch on? I'm sorry, Ed. Oh, you talked about rehearsing for the uh, Pacific Division Roundtable. Uh, I can assure, well, I'm first of all, I'm thrilled that you, you think it was so well done that we rehearsed it. Um, I can assure you that did not happen. Matter of fact, it was very thrown together last second. So that makes me happy to know that you felt it was pulled off well enough that you, you thought we had rehearsed it, but we did not. Uh, and yes, I've said many times to me, um, Brent Clark is near untouchable. Uh, as far as any kind of a trade, it would have to be something really, really extraordinary to do to to ship him away. Because I agree with you. Um, I don't know about potential Hall of Famer. That's that's a lot, um, but I do think he's a special talent. I think he could be a very, very special player for the Kings for a long time to come. We've got more emails and more comments to share with you, um, but we do need to let you know first that today's episode of Locked On LA Kings is brought to you by FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. I mean, I believe the second half of the season starts uh, today, actually. Uh, and now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It is America's number one sports book. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored or three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your bet in. Uh, your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we have got some more emails to get to. Uh, this comes from Chris. He is in parts unknown. Uh, he didn't include where he was from, so I get to make it up. And I'm going to go with uh, Chris is in the city of industry. Uh, and he just had a quick Dustin Brown memory he wanted to pass along. He says, I have only watched this team since 2018-19. My favorite Brown memory was a hat trick he had against Minnesota when the Kings scored seven goals, goals against the Wild. He says, I've never been to a Kings game, but I hope to go next season. Well, Chris obviously didn't include where he's from, so it's possible he's not anywhere in the area, which prevents him from going to Kings games. But Chris, I will say this. If you ever get out to a Kings game, I'd love to meet you and say hello and be there uh, to shake your hand and welcome you to your first Kings game. Uh, as I'm sure many people that are listening and watching this know, attending NHL hockey in person is a, a wonderful experience. It's so much fun. Um, I'm sure you've heard if you've never gone to an NHL game live in person, it's it's much better than watching it on TV. I actually like watching it on TV, but the the, the in-arena experience at a hockey game is a lot of fun. And I think you can take non-hockey fans and they'll really enjoy it too with the music and the atmosphere Hockey games are a lot of fun. So, uh, Chris, I hope you get out to a game next year. And if so, let me know. And uh, I think you'll have a great time. Our next email comes from uh, Jimmy. He's in Cerritos. And he wanted to talk about the Kings passing. 
He says, hi, Eddie, love what you're doing with the show. I was curious to see what your take is on the Kings passing game. I've noticed lately that a lot of the Kings players are more frequently doing these no-look passes that more often than not end up not connecting to their intended targets or even worse, ending up on the stick of an opponent. While I know these no-look passes can save the precious fractions of a second that could make a play great, is there anything you think the Kings can do to make passing safer while keeping them fast as well? Uh, Keep up the great work. Go Kings, go. And again, that was from Jeremy in Cerritos. I mean, the Kings do have a couple of uh, players who um, I would say are creative with their passes, maybe even courageous in some of the passes they want to make. Drew Doughty certainly is one of them, um, he, but he's very reliable. He very rarely coughs up the puck, and he just has a, a sense of he knows what he's doing. Kevin Fiala is a guy, and usually he only will do this in the other team's zone where he'll try and squeeze in a pass or two that maybe – he would be better advised to not do it. Um, but he also is a, is a guy that can make some great passes as well. And not every pass is going to connect 100%. Um, but he, every once in a while, Kevin Fiala will, will try and squeeze in a, a pass somewhere. Maybe he shouldn't. Um, maybe you're referring to Quentin Byfield. Um, he does have some behind-the-back no-look passes occasionally. Um, and, you know, with varied success. I actually like this, though, because it shows he's playing with more confidence now than he had before, that he's willing to try these types of plays. Uh, and he can make some special passes as well, but I'm I'm not really seeing it. I haven't really noticed the Kings having any real issues with turnovers because of uh, less than safe passes. I guess I would say I haven't really I haven't really seen that to be honest with you. Uh, this one comes from Hector in Long Beach. He talk he talks about ranking the teams, the sports teams uh, in Los Angeles. He says, I recently heard a local radio show ranking the most popular sports teams in LA, and they didn't even mention the LA Kings. And they mentioned LAFC. I was so angry. I turned off the radio. I know I'm biased, but I think the Kings would be ranked in front of teams like the Clippers and the Chargers or any soccer team. Uh, What do you think? Uh, Well, Hector, as someone who works in sports talk radio, I would say uh, take anything that's said in that genre with a grain of salt. Uh, It's meant to be entertaining. And and sometimes there are hosts out there who want to push buttons by you know, maybe making lists and maybe omitting certain players or having these rankings where, you know, you're yelling at your radio. Oh, I can't believe he did that. Whatever. Um, although leaving out the Kings. Yeah. I can understand that being a bit of a slap in the face for Kings fans. So, um, you know, I did not grow up in Los Angeles. I have lived here over 20 years now, and I definitely consider myself a Los Angelino and I have no plans of going anywhere. Uh, so I'm considered, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles now longer than I I have where I grew up, which was in central California. So, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. And I will also admit that the LA Kings are really the only local team that I'm a diehard of. I am because of my marriage to my wife, who is a diehard Chargers fan. I got a little bit of a Chargers fan, I guess. Um, but all the other teams, I, I like going to games, but they're not, I don't, I'm not like living and dying their results like I do with the Kings. So I would have to say, if you're ranking the sports teams uh, in LA, one, two have to be Dodgers Lakers. I personally would say because of the large Latino fan base in LA, that the Dodgers would get the edge over the Lakers. Um, I would go USC football, probably third, if we're including college sports as well, just as far as fans and buzz and that kind of thing. Uh, and then I think you'd probably have to go NFL, even though I know the Rams and Chargers have their issues in this market. One team going away and coming back, one team coming up from San Diego. And then I'd put the Kings in there probably right after. 
Um, obviously two championships, very loyal fan base, not as large as Dodgers Lakers, but still passionate. And, and again, they've got championships. Maybe UCLA basketball would be in there next. Um, you know, there's certainly great history there. And then I would probably have the Clippers, you know, they've never won a title. They've always been the stepbrother to the Lakers. Uh, and then I'd go with the soccer teams. I know soccer is very popular as far as a sport, maybe the sport of soccer more popular in LA than hockey. But as far as the teams themselves, I still think they're below in the pecking order to me. Uh, the Galaxy has been around longer, so I'd probably give them the edge over LAFC, although LAFC did make a lot of noise and it get a lot of attention because they just won their first MLS championship. So for what it's worth, there's my ranking of the, uh, the big sports teams in the Los Angeles area. Uh, let's check out some comments from this week's YouTube episodes. Uh, we will start with Robert Wu who talked about the idea that the Kings play harder or better for Phoenix Copley than they do Jonathan Quick. He says, I agree with you, Eddie, that the players just play hard for all of our goalies in front of a goalie that they've lost confidence in. They sometimes maybe feel the extra effort or nervous to play too passive or think they have to do something special and thus they play overly aggressive or riskier, regardless of why they do seem to not play as well in front of Quick as they do Copley, who is playing way better. By the way, I'm not as concerned about them not holding leads uh, they've won game six, nothing, five, two, six, three, six, five recently. Only the Coyotes game um, was the problem. Uh, other good teams also blow leads sometimes in today's high scoring NHL. Kings are not yet at the level of the Bruins or Hurricanes where they almost never give up three goal leads. But I do wish Rob Blake would get Jonas Corposalo or some other goalie by the deadline. Uh, I am worried about our netminders with Quick and Cal playing badly this season. Obviously, goaltending is a big issue with a lot of Kings fans right now. This is from Michael V, uh, V as in victory. Uh, he says, Quick was really out of position on a few goals, and his angles were terrible against Arizona. The two wins that he got does nothing to make me feel like he's regained his game, not even close. You're right. Teams don't play harder in front of Copley, but they play more calm and relaxed. As I have mentioned before, Copley's calm demeanor on and off the ice has really helped the team's confidence. T-Mac, Todd McClellan, better not go back to a rotation of goalies because the Pacific is too close. Again, if we miss the playoffs for any reason by even two points, that's on T-Mac for his bad decisions to keep going back to quick earlier in the year out of nothing more than his respect for the individual. Respect is not going to help this team win. I think anyone that follows the Kings closely can tell Quick's still playing really poorly and his career may not end the way fans may have hoped. Fans need to be okay with that if the team is improving and they clearly are. Um, yeah, I, I would say this. I know that there's some that say that Phoenix Copley needs to start every game the rest of the way. That's just not realistic, especially right now. Uh, the, the Kings are playing four games in six days or something like that. And so, uh, Phoenix Copley is scheduled to start tonight. He is actually starting tonight against the devils. That means that quick is likely going to go Friday against the Islanders. And, um, you know, look, they got to try and save Phoenix Copley for hopefully the playoffs as well. They don't want to overwork him. Um, so I, I understand the concern, but uh, you, you can't have Venus Copley playing back-to-back and then the next night after a night off. It's just you got to manage his workload a little bit. Uh, we still have some more comments to read, uh, but first I want to invite you to check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily prospect, your daily podcast, covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. That is Locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, we have a couple of Quentin Byfield comments to close things out. This one on uh, YouTube from Morgan the GSD and Professor G. I don't, I don't know. That's that's what it said. Uh, he says, "What's the big deal about Byfield? He leads in losing the puck, fumbling, and penalties, but skates fast." WTF? Uh, certainly, he was great in the AHL, but it seems other guys could do better on the, that line. Even someone from the the rain seems that line uh, feeds and carries him. And this from Mercy Williams. He says, Byfield needs confidence. Does he watch videos of his play and not see uh, his abundance of skills? He's maybe overwhelmed by the excellent play of the other high draft picks from his class. He has so much upside, just needs to seize the opportunity and enjoy his career is there for him. He's only 20. Yeah, Quentin Byfield continues to be a bit of a lightning rod uh, for the LA Kings. Um, like I said before, the top line, Kempe, Kopitar and Byfield are playing very well. I don't know if they're playing well with Byfield or in spite of him, um, but he's still a work in progress. The skill is still there. As Mercy said, he's only 20. I do think that giving him all these minutes is going to benefit him in the end, although still looking for him to put up some numbers. I understand the frustration. Hey, thank you to everyone who took the time to email or comment. We wouldn't have had been able to do the show without you taking the time to share your thoughts. So Thank you very much for all of your contributions for this week's feedback show. I did want to, before we say goodbye, check the Pacific Division standings going into Thursday night's action because it's going to be a big Thursday night involving all four of the teams that are vying for playoff spots in the Pacific. You've got the Vegas Golden Knights leading the division with 73 points, two points better than the Kings, three points better than both the Sharks and the Oilers. All four teams are in action tonight on Thursday so uh, it's going to be a big night. The uh, standings could definitely see some changes coming up tomorrow. But Vegas is hosting Calgary. Seattle is hosting Boston. Edmonton is in Pittsburgh. And, of course, the LA Kings are in New Jersey. And coming up on tomorrow's show, a full recap of the Kings' big game against the very tough New Jersey Devils. Hey, if you would like to give feedback on the LA Kings for a future feedback episode, you can send an email to LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you can just leave your comments in the uh, section below. Uh, also on Twitter, we'd love to, for you to follow us. We're at LockedOnLAKings and on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings as well. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.